It's rewind time. We're going to go back and rewatch some of our favorite TV shows and movies from the 80s and 90s and see if they still hold up. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Staring at Us with Aaron and Odell. Aaron. Yes, Odell. Are you feeling flashy today? I'm feeling so flashy. And you know what? Do you dance? What a feeling it is. Right? Are you a maniac? <laughs> Total maniac. If I feel like Just we're trying to sell. Just call me Gloria. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're trying to sell something. Are you a maniac? Are you totally. feeling flashy? You, yes. What Here, do I your do? <laughs> Some menopause pills. <laughs> That is what it Today, would be. we're talking about flash dance. So, what I thought would be fun mm-hmm. is for us to see what the top 10 songs and the top 10 movies were. Oh. On the, so, like, this is going to be released on July 15th, 2021, obviously. Okay. But Flash Dance was released April 15th, 1983. Right. So, I thought. We'll take the day, so July 15th, uh-huh. that the episode's dropping, and then the year that the uh-huh. movie released and see what the top 10 songs and top 10 movies I love were. that. Do you have it pulled up? I have them in my notes. I love it. So. That's so smart. The top 10 songs were. Wait, first, can I ask you? Sorry. Mm-hmm. How old were you when this movie came out? And did you see it when it came out? I didn't see it in the theater. Okay. I saw it on home video like a year after it came out, I think. Okay. I was 11. Okay. I was, so I was 12 five when, I when this came out. And I know mm-hmm. I saw it when I was a kid. I mean, mm-hmm. I was probably, I saw that this is rated R, but yeah. I saw it probably, I mean, it was around the time that I saw Footloose and mm-hmm. Fame, the big three Fs of the 80s. And I don't know because I don't remember. Well, there was there were some boobies yeah. at the all nude strip club. Yeah, there were boobies. And aside from her like putting her toe between his crotch to tickle his doodads mm-hmm, mm-hmm. while they're eating, there wasn't really any. I feel like this is a solid PG thirteen. I feel like it would be too. Although it yeah. does have, we'll get into it. Very dysfunctional relationship, yeah. but continue. What it, what were the top ten movie or songs? Top ten songs. Number. Well, let's start at ten. Okay. Was Time, Clock of the Heart by Culture Club. Love that nice. song. I haven't heard that in forever. Oh my gosh. Number nine, is there some... Sh- th- what, baby? <laughs> shibba, shibba, shibba. I don't know. Is There Something I Should Know by Duran Duran? Okay. I don't remember that song. That isn't... Yeah. Number eight, Our House by Madness. <laughs> nice. I love it. Number seven, Too Shy by Kaja Gugu. Ah. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> Number six, Come Dancing by The Kinks. Number okay. five, Wanna Be Starting Something by Michael Jackson. Yes. Okay. Number four, Never Gonna Let You Go by Sergio Mendez. Okay. Number three, Flashdance, What a Feeling by uh, Irene Cara. I'm Still. surprised that's only at three, though. It was well, just a few months after. Two, three months. That's not long after for that big of a song that went on to win an Oscar. It did. That is pretty surprising. Go on. Number two, Electric Avenue by Eddie Grant. I love it. Oh, my God. And number one was Every Breath You Take by <gasps> Okay, well, then it makes sense that it was number three. <laughs> the top 10 movies. Number 10, Twilight Zone, the movie. Ooh, good one. Number nine was Flashdance. Oh, 
Oh. Yeah, because that's a pretty big thing for the movie to still be in the top 10 three months. Yeah, that's true. That is. Because I feel like today you're, you might hit number one for like three weeks in a row and then you pretty much drop into oblivion because the next big blockbuster, right. especially over the summer. Right. So yeah, sitting at number nine. Number big. eight, Porky's 2 the next day. <laughs> <laughs> number seven, Superman 3. Oh. Number six. Octopussy, which I remember (laughs) when we were kids, we were afraid to say octopussy, so we called it (laughs) octopee See, I didn't know to be afraid of it because I was was younger, and so that my little five-year-old self was walking around going, I want octopussy. (laughs) Number five was War Games. Oh, I love that movie. And number four, Trading Places, okay. which I have not seen in years. I wonder if that one still holds up. That's a good question. Number three, the re-release, one of the million re-releases of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Okay. Number two, Star Wars, Episode Six, Return of the Jedi. And number uh, one, yeah. in its first week out. What? Staying Alive. <gasps> John Travolta oh God, and his Shorty Shorts. Year. <laughs> So that that was as of July. That was as of that July fifteenth, nineteen eighty three. July fifteenth, nineteen eighty three. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Oh, I love that we're going to mm-hmm. do this. Yes. Okay. Definitely takes you back. So I like. It. As we mentioned, we're talking about Flashdance today. Can you give a little synopsis first? Yes. Alex Owens, played by Jennifer Beals, is a beautiful young woman who works a day job in a steel mill and dances in a bar at night. When Alex discovers that her handsome boss, which is questionable, Nick Hurley, is both (laughs) interested in her and supportive of her performing career, she renews her efforts to get accepted into a prestigious dance conservatory. Mm -hmm. Although Alex is frightened of failure, she is cheered on by Nick as well as by her mentor, former ballet performer Hannah Long, played by Lilia Scala. This was directed by Adrian Lin who also directed Fatal Attraction, Indecent Proposal, Unfaithful, and others. The film only has a 36% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. That really surprised me. a 61% audience score. This film is included in Roger Ebert's (laughs) Most Hated List. (laughs) Which is funny, because on the contrary, Gene Siskel was one of the only critics who liked the movie. Where he says, and I quote, the dance sequences are sexy and energetic, more than compensating for a love relationship in the film that is thoroughly wooden. I agree. Yes. So I haven't seen this movie in a few years. I mean, I pro- I would say maybe 10 years. Right. Was the last time I watched God, it. It had been at least 20 for me, at least. And so I went in trying to push the nostalgia aside because as... I learned watching Grease 2, I brought a lot of those ideas about the story with me. So I was trying to focus on the story mm-hmm. and there isn't much of one. There that was my much only complaint now. Like there are so many places I feel that this movie could have really excelled. One of them being, I wanted to know more about the relationship between Hannah and Alex. Yes. Like where did she meet Hannah? Yes. What what is when did Alex first know she wanted to be a dancer and where did she learn the things that she had learned? Right. I mean, I'm assuming they're from Hannah. So I wanted more of that relationship. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt like the whole boss employee love story <laughs> was really kind of creepy and inappropriate. Well, and when especially when he was twice her age, like at the time of right. filming, she was 18. He was 36. 
Right. And you can tell. You can tell. And there was like, all I thought about the entire time was pedo, 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 pedo. (laughs) (laughs) I hated the way they kissed. They like pecked at each other. It was yes. very annoying. There was no chemistry. None. At all. And then it was like super dysfunctional. Just yeah. if you just take their story, I mean, like the immaturity of Alex is very apparent. Mm-hmm. And the weird, like, father figure role of what's his face, Michael Nori. Yeah. Was very obvious. Right. And it was just, they it was abusive. It was. Mm-hmm. I, it, it was not a hell. It reminded me of um, another one that we need to revisit one day. Urban Cowboy. I've only seen half of the movie, <laughs> but. Talk about abuse. Right. I, I don't. We'll get into that when we do. We have to do that one because I really do want to finish it. Yeah. I don't understand who I'm supposed to root for. <laughs> but with this one, I was just like, girl, you have so much potential. Do right. not get into this relationship. Yep. Where it's a weird power play with your boss. My note was Nick Hurley is creepy as fuck. (laughs) What kind of boss stalks their employee after seeing her dance? Also, he has really hairy arms. (laughs) He's done a million things. Really? I don't. I'm I'm sure I would remember them if I saw the list. I couldn't get past the non-chemistry between the two of them. I know. It was bad. Yeah. It was really bad. And this movie had more montages in it. Yes. I think it like, I mean, it's, I didn't count. I didn't keep count. I should have, but it has so more than I've seen in any other 80s movie. It was like, it took all of the ideas from Footloose and from fame and everything, you know, everything 80s because the 80s was full of montages. Oh yeah. It just like threw them in. To cover up for a lack of story. Mm-hmm. And these, like at least in some of the movies, it would at least take the story forward. This one, like, why did we need to see the I Love Rock and Roll montage of them working out? Right. Completely yes. useless. Yes. Also, can I tell you who else was useless? Fucking Richie. Yes. I put, if Richie was my friend, he wouldn't be. I'd punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Richie would never make it that right. far. Like he was completely useless. I know. He was set up to be Jeannie, right? Yes. Was a friend. Her boyfriend. Yes. Who wanted to be a stand-up comic. And he was just fucking annoying. And then he leaves and leaves Jeannie to go to LA. And then like two scenes later, he's back. And I'm like, yes. wait, there was a passage of time. How did I not catch this? Yeah. I guess I just never missed him before. And did you say Jeannie Wright? Oh, you were saying Jeannie, right? Yes. <laughs> Oh, You're so fu- I was like, no, I'm sorry. That just distracted me the whole time. Cause I was like, she's got that weird last name. <laughs> sorry. Okay. I'm- I gave her one of my own. <laughs> it was easy okay. To sorry. sorry about that. <laughs> but yes, I totally agree with you. It was yeah. pointless. The story was definitely lacking yes. and it cracks me up that this one has an Oscar to it, <laughs> like right. attached right. to it. Whereas like Footloose has none. Right. Fame Which has more none. Of a story. Right. Fame has you know. a story. The love story piece wasn't really needed. Mm-hmm. It was a distraction. I feel like Jeannie, I, I feel like there could have been more on the friendship level there. Cause I feel like Alex had a relationship with the family. Yeah. Were they like kind of like a surrogate family to her? I read that Adrian Lynn wanted to give Alex a backstory that she had been abused. Okay. And everyone else was like, 
oh no, we can't do that. That's too dark. But I'm like, give her something because right now See, we Adrian don't know. Lynn was ahead of his time. Yeah, we don't know anything about her. Yeah. She's a welder. She dances. She has an affair with a creepy as fuck boss. <laughs> yes. She wants to yes. be a professional dancer and get into this prestigious school. Right. And she has this mentor who obviously did great things, but we don't know anything about them. Right. Which drove me crazy. I find it was, was this one of his first things that he directed? Maybe. I'm assuming. Oh, I'm looking it up. It was the fourth thing that he directed. Okay. But he's done two shorts and then he did a movie called Foxes. Foxes. I don't know that movie. But then Flashdance. Wait, he did that before Flashdance. I was thinking. Yeah, it was 1980. Okay. No, I'm thinking of something with Angelina Jolie that was formed, filmed here in Portland about these rebellious girls. But anyway. Well, but then he did. I mean, he does some pretty strong female characters yeah like that is he did fatal attraction which of course Mm -hmm. the lead crazy person is named alex Alex. (laughs) unfaithful oh my god i love that movie so good he did lolita the remake in 97 Mm -hmm. he -hmm. did jacob's ladder Mm -hmm. indecent proposal like you said Mm -hmm. like he's Mm -hmm. done some really really great movies right and it sounded like when i was reading and through some of the history that the the studio really controlled the narrative of the movie and what was put out but then they didn't have any faith in the movie at all no and they thought it was going to completely tank Mm -hmm. and gave some due that they had fired like one of his compensation packages was that he would get a lot of profit from the movie because they thought it's not going to bring they knew it wouldn't do anything and Mm -hmm. then it went on to be a huge success so he's like yeah fuck you fuckers (laughs) right Oh, it's brilliant. We do need to say that one of the screenplay writers was Joe Esterhouse, who wrote Showgirls. Yes. <laughs> that tells me everything. Yes. Also, And I love me some Showgirls. <laughs> it, that is definitely one of my most favorite So Bad It's Good movies. Yes, absolutely. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> to watch too it's another, so good some other notes that i wrote was oh my god the diet pepsi can i forgot that they ever looked like that <laughs> that is one thing going back and watching these movies like mm-hmm. the old soda cans yep or even just oh some gosh, of the I you know the product them. placement you're like oh my god i forgot that you ever looked like yes that. yes also what did adrian lynn have with wet hair flinging around that was like with water splashing because and he's a dream when she does the iconic yes. water all over her. Yeah. And she gets up and she's just flinging her head the entire time she's dancing and water's going everywhere. He's showing the reflection of the water. Yes. And then he does it again with Maniac. Yep. I guess it's just a, I don't even, I don't remember anything like that in any of those other movies that he directed. Right. I don't know. In this one, he was probably like, this is a piece of shit and I need to do something flashy because it is flash <laughs> right? dance. Let's get some water in here. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And then I like. also remember the taking off of the bra through the sweatshirt. Yes. I that love it. That was such it. a huge thing back then. Everyone talked about yes. that as well as her putting her toes up between his crotch and tickling his dangly bits while she's eating lobster very yes. seductively. Isn't that when she's wearing her tuxedo shirt thing? Yes. Oh my God. And she takes her jacket yes. off and there's no back on it. Girl. Wife was up there trying to get in their business. I will say this. I think that out of all of the stars in the 80s, Jennifer Beals was my big crush. Like my girl crush. 
I love her so much. She did an episode of you remember Fairy Tale Theater with Shelley Duvall. You were I do remember. I, I we talked you about it before. Obsessed with it. Um, she was in the Cinderella one, and okay. I just I don't know what it is. And tell me if I'm crazy. It's her speaking voice. Mm-hmm. I love her speaking voice. Yeah. There's just such a nice soft tone to it. Yeah. She's very talented and very beautiful. Like I yeah, she's one of the most beautiful women in the world. I'm surprised she didn't go on to do anything else that was really big. She was in the L word and she was great in that. She was great in that, yeah. But other than that, I don't remember ever seeing a big movie where she headlined. Yeah. And I feel like even Roger Ebert, like what he said about it, his quote cracks me up where he said, Jennifer Beals shouldn't feel bad. She has a natural talent. She is fresh and engaging here and only needs to find an agent with a natural talent for turning down scripts. <laughs> yeah, I did read that. But I mean, he even said like she is a very natural talent. Yeah. This movie could have been something amazing, but yeah. the story, the it's very lacking in depth. But this, well, actually, let's take a break really quick. Okay. And we'll come back and we'll talk about some of the trivia and stuff. Okay. Okay, so what I found, the success of this had a lot to do with the soundtrack, first of all. Of course. But it also had, like MTV helped propel this movie big time. And this is one of the first times where MTV really had played a part in propelling a movie. Mm -hmm. Because as we mentioned, this was still in the top 10 three months later. Yeah. This was a movie that the studio had zero faith in also so the story is based on a true life construction worker who turned dancer named maureen martyr Mm -hmm. paramount paid her a lump sum of twenty three hundred dollars i saw that for her story and then was like basically now go away yep they gave her no claim to the rights or royalties and then the movie went on to gross over 150 million dollars insane (laughs) that's so wrong i hate that it is so so wrong yeah it just shows you the studios that they don't give a shit no i also read that michael Sembello had intended that the rhythm of maniac be too fast to dance to (laughs) right and also there's a i don't know if it's an urban legend or rumor or whatever but the song was supposed to be for a horror movie Child maniac. Yeah. And someone had posted some lyrics. I think they were fake lyrics that were hilarious about he's a maniac, maniac, and he's going to nail you to the floor or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that Brian De Palma was supposed to direct this, but he decided Mm -hmm. not to in order to direct Scarface. Mm -hmm. And Scarface, of course, starring Al Pacino. And Al Pacino was offered Nick Hurley. Mm-hmm. but turned it down because he thought it went against his gangster image. Right, right. They also offered it to Gene Simmons initially. Yes, but, but he didn't he, want to destroy his image. Yep, and then Burt Reynolds Oh my God, I didn't see that. ...was offered, which still seems creepy. Like, why, why did he... And I, maybe it would have made more sense if we had learned more about Alex's upbringing and maybe she had daddy issues. Mm-hmm. So maybe that, but we didn't get any of that in the story. Also, now, the runner-up to Michael Norrie 
was Kevin Costner, who was basically unknown at the time. He was, yeah, he was a nobody then. Right. I love that for Alex, Jennifer Beals played her, but it was also the other people who auditioned, Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. And of course she did, what was it, Saturday Night Fever? Or was it, what did no, she do? She did perfect. Da- no, what was the dancing one she did with John Travolta? Oh, she did. She did the remember? aerobics one yes. with John Travolta. Perfect. Yes. Oh, that's it? That's the name mm-hmm. of the movie? Mm-hmm. Why did I think? Oh my God, that aerobic scene, girl. Right. Where they're both me up. like thumping. And he had a thing with shorty shorts. Sex. Oh my God. And her leotard goes so hot. Yeah. But yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer, that would have been amazing. Mm-hmm. Bridget Fonda, Melanie Griffith, Mariel Hemingway, Helen Hunt, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Kathy Najimy. And Kira Sedgwick. And Kira Sedgwick. Yeah, she said in an interview. That her agent told her that she was supposed to wear a leotard, heels, and no tights when she auditioned. And she said, and I quote, I had such bigger balls back in those days. I thought, (laughs) I'm not wearing a leotard. Instead, I'll wear a little mini skirt and high heels. In the middle of the audition, Adrian Lin's phone rang and he picked it up. I turned to him and said, you're not going to answer that phone call. I'm auditioning for you. Damn. Don't fuck with Kira. Damn. Yeah. And then there was also Bo Derek. Daryl Hannah, Tatum mm-hmm. O'Neill. Mm-hmm. For Hurley. Deborah Winger also. Did you say her? Oh, yeah. And but she then turned she it down, turned to, it down do to do Terms, of, terms endearment. of Endearment. Yep. So there was a lot. I mean, it's pretty amazing. A lot of times you'll read in these that they turned it down and they went on to do nothing. And it's like, right. oh, what a regret. But the people who, like Al Pacino turned it down and do Scarface. Deborah mm-hmm. Winger turned it down and do Terms of Endearment. Like, right. And then John Travolta didn't want to do it because of it was Saturday Night Fever, right? Well, he Saturday Night Fever, I think it come out in the 70s. Oh, yeah, it had. There was another staying alive. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Also, did you. So she had a dance double. She had a few dance doubles. Well, at the end, the flash dance when she's auditioning, she had yeah. the same woman who danced for all of her right. choreography. Then she yes. had a gymnast who did the big dive and roll. But then she yes. also had the breakdancer Crazy Legs. Yes. Now, it's funny because he was totally fine with wearing a wig, shaving his legs, putting on the, you know, the outfit. But he refused to shave his mustache. <laughs> if you pause at the end of the backspin, you can Shut clearly up. see Alex has a mustache. <laughs> Damn. Oh, I need to see that again. Yeah, I knew that it was crazy legs, mm-hmm. but I I did not know that about the mustache. Yep. Also, the movie's original runtime was two hours and 20 minutes. But yeah, that's way against too long. the wishes of Lynn and this Adrian Lynn and the screenwriter, the studio heads, Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg, insisted that it be cut down to just 95 minutes. You can tell it feels unfinished. It does. I I mean, I wonder what it would look like at two hours and 20 minutes if we would actually get some backstory and some meat to it. Because I feel like they just cut out only the parts necessary to drive the very thin story forward. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, I feel like this is one that I would be okay with being remade yeah I and feel actually like, fleshed out right and maybe jennifer beals could play hannah oh. and kind of bring that back but i would like to see alex's story fleshed out i would really like to see that and i know that there's a musical that was touring for a while we were just talking about this I a little know. bit 
do not remember Flashdance musical. musical. It's been probably seven years since it toured. Wow. I think it was right before I left Houston. I just, can we talk real quick about the dancing? Yes. First of all, I would give anything like during the whole maniac montage mm-hmm. when they show Jenner, you know, well, not Jennifer Beals, but they show her dance doubles, bot, you know, the bottom half. Mm-hmm. And then like when she's doing that one move where she's all turning around and stuff, mm-hmm. I would love to just watch what it looked like with Jennifer Beals doing it. <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, because the like she was she was turning, but also body rolling. Yes. And like there was so much going on with that body. It was almost like snakish. Yes. Not going to lie. I tried it. I know I tried it way back when <laughs> and I tried it now. That's hard. Yeah. I'm a little sore. Did you ever see the because Flashdance just it took over everything. It was I mean, it mm-hmm. was a pretty huge movie and they did the Peanuts special. It's Flash Beagle, Charlie Brown, where Snoopy was like doing. Stop it. He was flash dancing. And I think it's available on iTunes, maybe. But I remember watching it on TV because I was obsessed. Anything, any dance movie back in the 80s, I was obsessed with. But they showed a making of. And the same woman who was Jennifer Beale's dance double, they followed her to do the animation for Snoopy. So she did oh my the Flash Beagle dance and then they drew Snoopy, but they showed her like her process and her dancing and then them drawing Snoopy, which was really cool. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Didn't we find out during Footloose that she was married to the guy who was Kevin Bacon's double mm-hmm. dance double? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Now, I, it's so funny. The level of dance back then compared Mm -hmm. to now right like it was so basic Basic, back then it was yeah jazz and ballet were the big things yes those were the things breakdancing was just coming about and i think a couple of years later popping and locking became the big thing but yeah so it's awesome that she incorporated all of that in her dance Mm -hmm. at the end the big dance But I couldn't help but thinking, because this was a prestigious like ballet school, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She never would have gotten in with that. No. They would, I mean, we if we've learned anything from So You Think You Can Dance, (laughs) if you don't have that like strict ballet training and all Mm -hmm. of that, then what are you doing? Right. You know? I mean, that's what they always say with the people that have problems with different positions and things like that with just technique. They always mm-hmm. are like, well, you should have taken ballet. Mm-hmm. So again, it would be lovely to know if Hannah is the one who taught Alex right. all of this stuff, how she got that. But it was the routine at the end was so much more jazz. Mm-hmm. I mean, like her doing all those kicks and then pointing at the judges, which just yep. racked me up. And the redheaded lady that's like, oh, she's so excited. <laughs> and then I read she was on. Um, oh, yeah. the guy. <laughs> but the redheaded lady, she was on Little House on the Prairie. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. I knew I recognized her from somewhere. Yes. Yes, yes, oh, yes. God. Now, it's really sad. I read later that the girl who played Jeannie. She died a year after this came out. Yeah, of an aneurysm. Yes. It's crazy because so when she did her big ice skating thing, mm-hmm. and I really would have liked to have seen more of Jeannie's story too. I feel I, like if we could I have had a story a about lot. Jeannie and Alex chasing their dreams, 
Less of Alex fucking her creepy older boss. Yes. And Alex's friendship with Jeannie and her family, but also Hannah mentoring and where Hannah came from. We would have gotten a much better story. But Jeannie ice skated to Mm -hmm. Gloria by Laura Branigan. Laura Branigan also died of the same type of aneurysm that the woman who played Jeannie did. You know, this movie would never be made these days this way. No. It would not be. It would be much more of a girl power type movie. And it would focus more on the female friendships and relationships Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the creepy boss. I mean, that wouldn't even happen. Like, I can't. Well, it definitely wouldn't be tolerated in real life. But even with movies, I think that it would. I mean, he pulled the strings to get her in to audition. Yes, he did. And then she runs out after telling him basically to go fuck himself and then jumps into his arms. I feel like now it would have been a, the story would have changed to where she would have been able to do it by herself. Yes. And it would have made it better, I feel like. Yeah. Because in this, I mean, it was kind of like this, you know, she's a super strong person and strong character, insecure, of course, but a really strong girl. And it just kind of made this like she had to be rescued mm-hmm. by this dude, you know? Yep. So I don't think I don't yeah. think that would also happen. Hannah's death didn't have as much of an impact because we didn't no, really get no a whole imp- lot of her. We had one or maybe two short scenes where they yeah. spoke in Hannah's place and then they went to the ballet together. Yep. That was it. So yep. yeah, I just, think they had it needed to be fleshed out more. Yeah, this but whole thing needed that to that said, there are some very iconic scenes. The maniac dance, the dancing to He's a Dream with the water, the end dancing scene. Oh, my gosh. And then the girl from Dirty Dancing, who yeah. was married, Cynthia Rhodes, who was mm-hmm. married to Richard Marks, mm-hmm. who had the hair of Michael Norrie. Mm-hmm. They all looked the same back then. <laughs> but Richard Marks was freaking hot. But anyway, Cynthia Rhodes, she played, uh, what's her name, in Dirty Dancing, mm-hmm. like Johnny's main partner. Yeah. She and was then a, a this, big staple in a lot yeah. of the dance movies. Well, if there was dance, she was going to be in it. Mm-hmm. And she was good. Yeah. Yeah. That whole when she's doing the man eater dance. Yes. Like, the one she thing like that flips I, and does that split like through. Oh yes. My God. But the thing is, is, when I was watching it now, when she runs up to the wall, I'm like, she's not close enough or high enough to flip. <laughs> oh, not at all. My God. No. Because they no, showed no. the one angle. I was like, oh, she's never going to make it. But knowing that she actually does she because of camera work. But and I feel like her and the other dancer, the black girl. Yeah. They were just kind of filler. Absolutely. There, I didn't feel like, I didn't There's, feel the friendship or the bond between them. Also, the random woman, the dancer at the end at the club, who, mm-hmm. you know, basically was supposed to be the old broken down right. stripper. <laughs> who We didn't really, we got a little scene of her at the beginning and she gives this inspirational speech to Alex. And I'm like, who the fuck is she? Who are you? <laughs> Why I do loved- I care? Did you recognize oh, what's his face? The the asshole that Jeannie goes out with later. Oh, the skeezy dude who owns yeah. the fully nude. Yeah, the yeah, the Zanzibar or whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. He's from Clue. He was in Clue. Is he was he? Mr. Body. Oh. <laughs> Weird. I know, right? I totally did not catch that. Mm-mm. God, I love I got that I movie. was like, God, I know him. Why do I know right. him? 
And then, yeah, I yeah. just figured it was because he looked like so many other douches yes. from the eighties, which I remember really... when watching Clue. I had that same thought. <laughs> he looks <laughs> like so many eighties guys, like put yeah. together. Awesome. Yeah, I don't have much else to say about this one. I still, you know, because of nostalgia, I still enjoyed it, but there is a lot lacking in this story, and I <laughs> yeah. would. I would be okay with this one being remade and it would be even better if they remade it and still set it in the eighties. Yes, I totally agree. Flesh it out, keep Mm -hmm. it in the eighties, but yeah, just give us a little more of a story. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. I didn't let my, cause you know, with these eighties ones, I am really hoping that like my older one will watch it. I think you should watch Porky's next time. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine her? She would be so disappointed. So disappointed. Oh my God. She would. She would. She'll walk in on us watching Family Guy and she'll just sit there and shake her head and go, what is happening to this world? So I can only imagine. Let me put Porgies on for her. See what she feels then. But yeah, she, I didn't have her watch this because when I looked it up and it was rated R and I, I hadn't seen it in over 20 years. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't remember what's bad about it at all. So she really could watch it, but I think she would hate it. Yeah. But I am going to make her watch our next movie. And what is our next movie, Erin? Well, Odell, I'm so excited about this because I haven't seen this movie in 25 years at least. Mm -hmm. But my memory of it, it is the movie that started my massive crush on just about everyone in that movie, but mainly bad guy, Kiefer Sutherland. Mm -hmm. So the movie is Stand By Me. I haven't seen that since high school, which is crazy because it's such a good movie and it's on so many top From what I remember, it's amazing. And you know what? Do you remember in, um, I'm about to open up here. Do you remember Inside the Actor's Studio? God, the, I remember the show it being on. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the guy, why can't I remember the host's name? Anyway, I can hear he, his voice. But I know. Oh, I loved him. He would ask these sets of questions at the end of each interview. Like, mm. what will you hear God say at the pearly gates when you arrive? And mm. blah, blah, blah. And there's so many great answers. I remember Spielberg said, Thanks for listening. Oh my God. That just <laughs> gave me chills. Anyway. Um, one of the questions was, what is your favorite sound? And you know how I used to love doing my fake interviews in the shower and things like mm-hmm. that. I would always answer that. And it was always the sound of walking on gravel by a train track. And that's because of Stand By Me. <laughs> like they're walking along the train tracks the whole right. time. And you just that sound. Oh, my gosh. Every time I step on gravel, I think about that movie and that sound. So I'm it very excited. Very comforting sound also even better is when i go on a walk through like forest park or somewhere you know lots of trees some gravel Mm -hmm. but when it's raining and your feet are crunching on gravel but you're also the rains hitting the leaves that are around you in the trees love it so many good yeah i remember about the movie is the leeches the the throwback when they they're telling the story of the fat kid who had, did the pie eating contest and they threw up on everyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's the scene that I always think of first <laughs> when I think of Stand by Me. You I know what else I have seen wait to in see forever it. is The Outsiders. Have not seen I've that in never seen The Outsiders. 
I wonder if we should do a double feature. Oh my God, let's do it. Double feature of yes. Stand By Me and the Stand Outsiders. Stand By Me and the Outsiders. I've okay. seen a play version of The Outsiders. So oh, I'm, I didn't I'm realize there was aware one. of the story. Yes, I'm aware of the story, but I don't, I, yeah, I've never seen the movie and I've never oh, read okay. the book. Yeah, and it's been forever. <laughs> I think we read the, mo- the book and watched the movie when I was in high school. And yeah, that's probably the last time. I hear that I've everyone it. did it in high school. I don't know why we didn't. But I never yeah, especially did. Especially my podunk ass. I know. If you did podunk it, how town. did we not? Exactly. <laughs> how are we progressing in that area? Crazy. So, okay. Yeah. Next time, double feature, we'll have an extra long episode of Stand By Me and The Outsiders. Oh, I'm so excited. So, we're done for today. <laughs> we'll see you next time on Why Is Everyone Staring at Us? Hey, thanks for listening. To ensure you don't miss future episodes, head over to iTunes or your favorite podcasting app and subscribe. And while you're there, show us some love with a five-star rating. If you'd like ad-free content, merch discounts, unedited videos of our recording sessions, and other goodies, you should become a Patreon member. Just head to our website at whyareyoustaring.com and click the Patreon link to subscribe. Speaking of our website, this is also where you can send us your questions, leave us a voicemail, and find out more about us. And since you're there, go ahead and treat yourself to some merch. And don't forget to follow us on social media. See you next time. This podcast was brought to you by Literally Everything.